1: Welcome back
2: to The Breakdown, an everyday analysis breaking down the most important stories in Bitcoin,
1: crypto, and beyond with your host, NLW. The Breakdown is distributed by Coindesk.
2: Welcome back to The Breakdown's end-of-year extravaganza, and today I'm excited to share this interview with Tom Shaughnessy. Tom is the co-founder of Delphi Digital, one of the best independent research houses in crypto, as well as the host of the Chain Reaction podcast. And part of why I was excited to bring Tom on is, one, he thinks in a a really broad way. He has to think in a really broad way, in fact, about the entire crypto landscape. Um, And he also digs into details in his work, right? He isn't just someone who kind of skips across the pond like a... like. A rock, he really goes deep on a huge number of different topics. So I was excited to see what he thinks uh, the story of 2019 was and what he thinks about the Go Forward. Um, and in some ways, I think that the Go Forward, his answers to those questions are the most interesting. He's really betting on a, a much more significant layer one platform war and a, and a real return to a focus on token economics and token economic design. So uh, it's a really interesting interview. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please subscribe so you catch all of these end-of-year breakdown episodes going through January 1st. We will be back on January 2nd with our regularly scheduled breakdown episodes. Uh, Thanks, guys, and let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another breakdown end-of-year micro-interview. We've got Tom Shaughnessy, uh, the infamous Tom Shaughnessy of Delphi Digital. Tom, what's going on, man?
1: Nothing much. Thanks so much for having me, Narrative King. It's always great to, uh, to chat with you.
2: Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to to hearing your insights. This is one where, you know, I think it's great to get. Um uh, so many different perspectives on this this kind of year end year looking forward type of stuff, um, but I think I, I'm particularly excited for you because a, a lot of what you have to do sitting in the seat that you do is think on a on a kind of a, a high level about the big patterns, right, and understand what the trend lines are. So uh, I'm particularly excited to dig in with you. And um, you know, as we were just discussing, the the basic gist of this is two two questions, which can expand into as many as they want. But the first is, uh, what do you think was the narrative or story of 2019?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It's a tough one looking back, right? I mean, I guess off the cuff, I would say that twenty nineteen was a lot harder than people in the space expected. I think people kind of expected a lot of things to come to fruition when in reality I think all of the year was focused on teams being heads down, building shipping code and, you know, facing a lot of tough questions on their roadmaps, where they want to go, who they need to do that, and you know, competition. So I think that there was a ton of dev activity in 2019. Um, I don't think it's reflected um, in the fundamentals yet. It's always like a lagging indicator there. But I think the narrative for 2019 was heads down and building, and I think a lot of that is going to change in uh, 2020. But on 2019, I mean, you saw a lot of protocol level development, right? Ethereum with the uh, you know phase zero launching recently, but I think the interesting thing is activity is moving up the stack a bit. So a lot of the projects launched on Ethereum and other, proge- and other protocols as well are continuing to now iterate. So you see things like Set Protocol launching new token sets, MakerDAO launching multi-collateral DAI, Uniswap's growth, um, and new projects like Synthetix rolled out as well. So a lot of dev activity, a lot of interest, but I think 2019 was a lot harder than people thought.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was really a, it was an interesting year. Uh, I feel like there was a, almost this discordance too, particularly around the time that Bitcoin started to surge, kind of like the uh, the early middle to middle of the year. Um, I remember Dovi Wan at some point said uh, that we were actually not in a bull market; we were now in a uh, a Bitcoin bull disguising an altcoin bear, which I thought was a super interesting way to put it. And I think it's kind of like. Reflective, a little bit of of what you're saying, where, um, you know, it, it, there were times this year where it felt like more should be happening, uh, you know, th- than than was reflected in, you know, at the easiest indicator of price, certainly, but even just in the sentiment that people had.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely don't disagree with you. There was a lot going on, and teams did their best to kind of share that news, but it really wasn't uh, too well reflected. But I think a lot of that. Is going to uh, flow into 2020, and I don't want to jump on your questions, but I'd love to, to dive in there. No, yeah,
2: that's good. Yeah, perfect. That that, that you've segged yourself. What's what does 2020 look like? What are your predictions for uh, for the year to come?
1: Yeah, so I have four main buckets. I think I'm looking at for 2020, kind of off the cuff things. Um, I'll go through each each one kind of quickly, but they are the layer one war intensifies. So you know you have 20 new layer ones launching. Some have launched. Some are expanding functionality. Um, real macro drivers. Ryan Zer covered this in his Coindesk post, but I think real macro drivers are going to start driving interest in the space, whereas in the past they were kind of an idea. Uh, three, I think there's going to be a huge switch to a focus on real token economics and value accrual versus just tacking something on as a medium of exchange. I expect a lot of projects to redo their token econ um, or new projects to launch with drastically different uh, econ there. And then four, just funding, so a lot of projects are closing shop or cutting back. You know, there's consensus news out. Circle has been in the news a lot, and then projects uh, need to focus on this too. So things like the Ethereum Foundation laid out their plans to spend 30 million bucks. Tezos is spending a lot of money, uh, and then you have sustainable f- projects like Decred and Dash, and those that I think uh, might be good, well suited uh, there to grow. But happy to dive into these if uh, if you'd like.
2: Yeah so so let me let me actually kind of spit back something that I've been thinking about or noticing um, from a narrative perspective that I think dovetails with a couple of the things you just made uh, as a way to get deeper into it um, so one of the things that I find fascinating is that I feel like a lot of the 2019 narrative was um, and probably appropriate so appropriately so a little bit of a, a narrative victory lap for the for especially the bitcoiners who were skeptical of a lot of these projects right um, there was a, a strong a, a lot of folks who felt like they you know were excited about all these different things but they just kept them kept finding themselves coming back to Bitcoin, you know, and Bitcoin did what it always does. And it just keeps building and building and building. Um, and people weren't really like, this was not a good year. If you had, this is not a good year to talk about token economics, was not a good year to talk about tokens, it was not a good year to like, uh, you know, with the possible exception of, uh, uh, you know, algorithmic stable coins, and you know, that that whole slice of the world. Um, but I feel like there are all these projects that have made it through that are like, it's almost like there, there, there were these things that people had theses about during the ICO era around how token uh, how tokens in the context of networks could change the way that the incentives were aligned in those networks, and how you could coordinate behavior with those—that they never got to test because it just so it was so warped so quickly by the the funding use case of tokens, right? Which was so powerful and so disruptive to the models that we had. Um, it feels to me I've been noticing this more and more and more that it, it feels like there may be a, a kind of a, a narrative shift brewing, or at least a narrative insurgence. Maybe not a shift because I think a lot of people will reject it, but. A narrative insurgence around the idea that it is time and it is safe to experiment with tokens again and to be uh, public about how people are experimenting with tokens again and what tokens might be able to do and and kind of those whole world that has been, I think, pretty subaltern for pretty much all of 2019.
1: Yeah, that, those are really good points to unpack. I mean, to the first part of your question, I mean, when you're in kind of a low in the market, there's always that flight to safety to Bitcoin mentally. And the other factor there is, you're in a world of a lot of tokens that don't make sense, right? So it's kind of two factors pushing people to Bitcoin. And I think everybody should realize that if Bitcoin wins, we all win, right? So there's no, you you know, you can have, you can like Bitcoin and like other things as well, as long as you realize that, you know, if Bitcoin does well, we all do well, right? And then to your other question on the tokens, you're totally right. Tokens were built originally to fundraise um, and a lot of the work was spent on the tech on the projects themselves, the protocols, to really drive interest on that developer level, but they weren't built for real value accrual and to drive legitimate incentives. Teams didn't think about things like a token accruing value or going beyond a medium of exchange token or why they're even using a medium of exchange unique token in the first place. So I think we've seen some teams roll out New token econ for their token itself, and I think a lot of teams are going to be focusing on this um, in 2020. And you know, as a tangent, right now, I mean, I uh, I just bought a helium node. I was tweeting about it a couple of uh, days ago. But you know, there's new ways to explore tokens in that sense, where something like helium is basically bootstrapping an entire network um, without having to spend a dollar on capex, really, for network capex because people are buying nodes, running the network, and earning tokens. So it's kind of a way to mix a physical device with token econ and bootstrap a network, uh, which I think is pretty powerful.
2: Do you think for people to take this kind of like tokens 2.0 or whatever this ends up being seriously, it has to be divorced from the fundraising use case, at least uh, on some level?
1: Yeah, it's tough because you're trying to fix projects Um, The ones that have the money or the resources to fix their projects are generally the ones that had a lot of interest raising money or raise a lot of money, right? So Mm -hmm. it's a careful, gray, nuanced area where teams have to say, you know, look, our token may have been used to fundraise, but there's no reason why we can't be innovative and we can't fix it or enhance it as long as we're honest with our stakeholders, uh, we do it in the open, and however their governance process works... Uh, They go through that process.
2: Um, amazing well we I, th- I do have a feeling that this is something that we're going to be talking about a lot this year but I, I want to finish up and maybe coming back to I think it was your second second point second prediction which was about um, actually seeing macro drivers matter in more than just a, a narrative way you could say right like this has been a, a question throughout the year especially like there was one week this year I think when uh, Trump was tweeting at Powell I mean I, I guess that was every week um, and uh, and you know everything looked like trash except Bitcoin surged and you we had like I don't know six, six shows on CNBC and Bloomberg and whatever be like is Bitcoin a safe haven asset now And uh, I feel like that was a big question throughout the year is like is Bitcoin a macro asset right We even did a podcast on this with uh, with coindesk for their uh, invest New York event. So uh, I'm interested in, in this uh, in, in kind of your prediction number two around um, seeing macro drivers actually start to matter for the for, for the crypto industry.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I kind of put it in two baskets. So macro to crypto, right? So like, what's the landscape for the high level competitive nature of these protocols themselves, right? I mean, I've been covering this crypto evolution idea for a while. But, you know, as of a month or two ago, and then looking ahead the next 20 months, there's dozens of new layer ones launching with varying amounts of funding and dev activity. I'm definitely of the belief that the majority of them will fail, because it's just too hard to build a community Build network effects, build a moat, things that go beyond just launching um, an MVP or a mainnet. So, and I think Interop can help connect all these things and grow the pie. I'm not against that, um, but I do think that a majority of them will end up failing. So then, on the other side, you have normal finance macro, right? I'm not a macro guy to be honest, but Ryan's post and my partner Kevin's ideas um, here kind of got it in my head that a lot of the drivers. On a macro standpoint, for Bitcoin and crypto in the past, have been ideas like Greece's default or you know, the 09 recession. Like It never actually flew, didn't actually drive inflows uh, to crypto in a massive sense, kind of outside of China. I think that as the world continues to worsen on a health standpoint, an economic standpoint, there's now an actual vehicle for people and enough knowledge for people to then take their money and say, hey, you know, I don't care about my government's decisions or the central bank's decisions or inflation's killing me or student loan debt is a huge burden. Let's allocate to something safer. And now I think that there's a realistic idea that this can actually happen. So I think the macro drivers go from being an idea uh, to being a reality, especially if we go into um, another recession, which, you know, 10, 11 years later, it's kind of like we're due for one at this point.
2: Totally. Um, yeah, I think this is one of the most interesting questions to me. Uh, you know, it's something that I, I, I kind of just, I spent a lot of time um, thinking about and, and watching. But uh, like you, I'm, I'm not sure. I feel like the, the folks who are the clearest, or, or maybe let's put it this way, the, the folks who are uh, the most sure. Uh, about what's going to happen next when it comes to the macro environments tend to be the ones that I'm the most skeptical of as well. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, Tom, listen, I really appreciate all of your insights. I love uh, getting to talk with you and, uh, and and sharing all the ideas going on over there uh, with 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 the crew here. So thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, Nathaniel, thanks so much, man. You make it easy with your weekly wrap up. I look forward to that every week, especially the, the gifts and the images. And uh, thanks so much for giving that as a resource to the community because we're all better for it.
2: Appreciate it, bud. All right. Happy 2019. Happy 2020. All right. I am here with Jordan Clifford from Scalar Capital. Jordan, thank you so much for joining today.
0: Well, thanks for having me.
2: So I guess before we dive in just tell me about your year you know I've seen you prolifically uh writing tweet storming like it, it seems like you're you know investing but just can't 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 help but be thinking about the the big issues going on in the space which is I mean super cool for me as someone who curates uh, a lot of content and is always looking for for people digging into ideas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been a you know kind of a wild year for crypto. Um kind of quiet on the on the mainstream front, but under the scene behind the scenes there's been a lot of developments a lot of new projects kind of spinning up and yeah we've just really been trying to keep our heads uh, up and looking around for all the newest ideas coming out and at the same time kind of helping digest all the all the all the happenings of crypto and producing content so people can kind of get their bearings amazing well
2: yeah, there, there definitely is. So, I mean, that's a perfect segue into um, the one of two questions. Like I've told, told folks before, this is like a, it's a micro interview, end of, end of year style. And so the first question is just, what do you think was the, the narrative or the story of 2019? What was the most important narrative of this past year?
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the most exciting narrative was really DeFi. You're probably going to find that come up and up on a lot of these interviews. Uh, but DeFi, actually, for the first time, I think we've seen some product market fit for some of what we're building. Uh, you know, there's a group of people who are really into speculation. It's still fairly niche, but they want to bet on crypto and they want to bet big. They want to borrow. They want to use every 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 advantage they can to make a bigger bet. At the same time, you have kind of a risk more more risk-averse population who has you know stable coins or maybe even crypto and they want to earn yield. Uh they're not really interested in leverage, but they do want to they do they are interested in just earning income on the, the assets they have. So matching the the yield seekers with the leverage seekers in a decentralized way gets me really excited because this is for the first time uh something that's uniquely enabled by crypto. This is a these are crypto asset protocols, DeFi protocols and that's decentralized finance, in case you hadn't heard. And the decentralized finance protocols are allowing people to interact with each other without middlemen. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're with the caveat that some of these smart contracts do have administrator privileges, but that's slowly being, you know, kind of eaten away. And and we're going to replace those kind of administrator functions with more governance functions as we go on. But I think the proof is in the pudding that, um, you know, for the first time we have actual uh, use cases that... that are ex- are enabled and, and exciting to, to see
2: I think one of the things that's that's interesting is if you kind of take a, a a recent historical view and look at just how much has changed around DeFi between this time last year or even especially like eighteen months ago, maybe more than like twelve months ago, right? Right. We're coming off of the ICO movement and and really this whole idea of open finance or de- decentralized finance, which was still you know jostling around for figuring out what it was going to call itself, I feel like in some ways was um, it was starting to, to to kind of take energy away and 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 you know a lot of folks who have been in and around Ethereum were like, listen, the, the, the money stuff was, was was right. It was right to spend time and energy there. Um, it's just, we had to think about it a little bit differently compared to now where it is just, it's it's such a, I feel like now DeFi is, um, it, it's a narrative unto itself that is uh, uh, kind of beyond chains in some way. I was talking to um, Camila Russo about this and just even on on the podcast that I recorded today for the, for the regular uh, breakdown of looking at um, some Bitcoin-based Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin based, you know DeFi chains or what the possibilities there might be. It really has been a uh, a hugely important part of this year just in terms of um where where time and attention and resources have gone
0: yeah absolutely i mean the 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 number of success stories is pretty exciting to see like compound is you know breaking breaking new records um maker has recently switched to maker uh multi-collateral die so that's really exciting and uh, i'm especially really excited about uh you know, being able to use Bitcoin in some of these DeFi protocols, things like Wrap Bitcoin, still pretty small, but maybe TBTC or some other new new solutions to have Bitcoin pegged assets on Ethereum in these protocols can can really make a difference and unlock new possibilities, new ways to leverage this capital that uh, is kind of sitting idly on these networks now. So it does
2: feel. I mean, it's, uh, just based on that, it sounds like you are are kind of in this camp of decentralized finance as a concept is uh, is is it as a concept unto itself, right? It's bigger than any one chain, even though it, it obviously has grown up in the Ethereum community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think so. I think there's many ways to link chains. Uh, you know you. You can do cross-chain atomic swap type things. You can also have, you know, assets that are pegged to each other via very various, various different incentives, or, you know, kind of networks that pre- perform work to, uh, to do that sort of thing. Like the TVTC is an example of that. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, DeFi, that this this concept of, you know, doing banking without institutions and doing it with protocols is one of the fundamental, you know, value props behind crypto, in my opinion.
2: Um- Amazing. Well, so then let's, uh, so DeFi is obviously, uh, you're, you're right. It's definitely one of the, um, one of the big, uh, things that comes up when I'm, when I'm asking about narratives of 2019, but what do you think about when you look out at 2020, um, you know, what's a prediction that you have or what's something that you anticipate happening?
0: Yeah, that's something I think a lot about. Uh, it's really hard to see around the corner in crypto, you know, things happen so fast and, you know, we really are at the mercy of, um, forces bigger than ourselves, whether it's the geopolitical climate, the macro economy. Um, But one thing I am really excited about is kind of a moving beyond this infrastructure. I think we're going to start to see a bit more applications being developed. You know, right now, many, many teams, many, many people have taken their crack at layer one protocols, trying to come up with more expressibility, more scalability, more decentralization, more privacy. That's awesome! I'm so happy that there's like so many protocols and so many attempts at that, but I think that that's still just infrastructure layer stuff, and really it's hard for anybody other than developers to get excited about the nuance there. I think what we really need to, to see from this industry and from a, a you know from crypto is is more applications and more design and more uh, interfaces, user interfaces developed for regular people, lay people, lay people don't want to don't care about a state channel they don't care about a layer two they all they care about is you know sending money interacting with with cool people online maybe performing some work and getting paid you know playing games and having having goods within the game be exchangeable or valuable these are the kinds of things that normal people mainstream people are going to care about and while we're still kind of on layer one like sorting out the technical details we really aren't going to make too much progress within the the mainstream. So I think we need to have, you know, more memes, more more applications, more 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 things that people can relate to and I, that's going to take a lot of designers, application developers, entrepreneurs. And I think we're kind of ready to, to get that phase started. I think 2020 will will just be, you know, kind of scratching the iceberg still, tip of the iceberg, but Uh, it's got to start and we've got to have some examples and we've got to, you know, kind of move in that direction if we're ever going to see crypto really go where where it can.
2: Are there any projects that you uh, would point to as exemplary of that um, kind of getting back to focus on the application layer? I mean, in some ways it's like we, it got all muddied and jumbled, right? In some ways when, when it was kind of just tokenize everything and there wasn't really clear breakdowns between application layers and infrastructure layers. And I think we've got a little bit sorted out over that over the last two years or so. Um, but who would you point to as, as kind of, you know, focusing on or, or I guess, yeah, like I said, exemplary of that, that, you know, a return to an application layer type of development?
0: Sure. So admittedly biased, and I do have a position uh, in this, but, uh, you know, Augur Rep is, is one thing that we're keenly looking forward to. You know, they've they've been around a long time. Um, they have a protocol that's working now. Um, the user interface still could use some iteration, but also the fact that you have to use ETH right now is a bit of a detriment to many people. Um, so I think that the Augur 2.0, where they have actual stable points that you can use, and I, I presume some, as well as some design iteration, uh, could could be a big catalyst for people to actually kind of use use this to to do some, uh, wagering or, 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 prediction market uh, participation, um, you know, depending on the jurisdiction, uh, your end, you choose your terminology carefully, but, uh, no, I think that, uh, Augurs is, is, an exciting example of that. There, there are others, um, nothing I'm, I'm, you know, really prepared to go in, into, but, uh, I, I'm, I am excited to see kind of what comes, comes out next year.
2: Yeah. I'm certainly, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I, am i am always kind of keeping an eye on the spaces. I find myself, um, yeah, you know, for me, like uh, whenever I, I sit back and get really um, you know kind of introspective about what gets me excited about this space, it tends to be on the more big systems changing stuff. But then I'll catch you know like a uh, God's Unchained or a company like that. You know, doing something really interesting and different, and, uh, and and kind of like zone in for a little bit. So I think it'll be really interesting to see if um, if kind of what you're talking about comes to 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 bear in terms of just more more people creating more applications that people, you know, have a chance to interact with and get excited about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's good. it really is going to be exciting to see what happens. And then, of course, I would be remiss to to admit the uh, the Bitcoin having. I think the that that is. Absolutely going to cause a dislocation in the market, and you know, cause a new us to find a new level. That's my prediction. Not financial advice. You know, who who knows what's actually going to happen? But uh, I I do think that that's an exciting uh, event for crypto as well.
2: Amazing. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time today, and uh, I look forward to more of your
0: writing and tweeting uh, for the next year. Thanks so much, Nathaniel.